The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. I am back. Mr. Isaac Simpson has graced us with his presence again. You guys know Isaac. He was here a few episodes ago. We talked about the draft, and he called it his dream guy. They drafted him. (laughs) We're all excited about that. I cannot believe how big that dude is. Like, have you been watching any of the uh, the media day stuff when he's like walking around? Yeah, I, I watched plenty of video before, but like once I see him around some of the other guys for the Grizzlies, I'm like, holy crap, that dude is jacked. He is, man. You, you saw the video with him and uh, Xavier Tillman kind of kind of kind of fools around there, man. Yeah, he, <laughs> he has the guns, man. Sun's out, guns out for for Desmond Bay, man. He, he's he's a big dude. I mean, at six five six six. Probably about 225, 230, man. He's built solid. Definitely has that NBA body, which I think that's really going to help him defensively. I know he's not known as a defensive guy, but I think he has a lot of potential on that end because of that size. I think he'll be able to kind of kind of stay with some guys. I think he'll be hard to kind of push off his spot uh, a bit at that size. So that's that's definitely something to watch. I think he's going to be – he has a lot of potential on the defensive end to go along with. We know his tremendous shooting potential on the offensive end and what he can do there. Yeah, it's a uh, Sharon was Sharon Brown was tweeting about him the other day, and I'm you know those two guys in particular, like they they have the the NBA body already. Some yeah, of the guys sure. coming out of college need to put on muscle. You know, Jobby and one of those guys, he was a smaller frame guy, needed to muscle up some. He's put some muscle on now, but I'm like, man, th- these dudes are ready. Like th- they've already got it. So that's uh, I can't wait. We are. Well, when this drops, the Grizzlies will actually play tomorrow, and uh, we're we're that close. It it feels <laughs> almost crazy. surreal, honestly, man. It's crazy. It looks like we were just watching the, the Lakers and the Heat in the finals. It's kind of because we were just watching the Lakers Heat in the <laughs> yeah. finals, man. To be back here, man. Preseason basketball actually starts tonight. Of course, like you said, the Grizzlies don't play until tomorrow, man. But I'm I'm excited, man. Ready to watch some NBA basketball, and I, I think it's an exciting time to to be a Grizzlies fan. I think there's a lot to be hopeful for this season is kind of a season where you kind of look at it. I don't think you should put a lot of expectations on it, but I think this is a season where growth is the biggest thing that you're looking for, for, for guys like Jai and Jared, when he comes back and how justice Winslow fits into this and can he stay healthy? Uh, can, can Dylan take another step and be more efficient? Uh, Grayson Allen showed a lot in, in the bubble. I think we're excited to see. Can, can he continue that? I mean, it, it's a lot of things. Of course, Desmond Bain, Xavier Tillman, and even some of the guys they signed, uh, after the draft, Killian Tilly is a guy that I'm. I think has a lot of potential. I'm excited to see him, and um, it, I mean, it, it, it's going to be exciting. Um, and I, I'm ready for it, man. Grizzlies again kick off tomorrow night. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping to see Tilly and and some with some actually game time this year. Yeah, I with think the you virus will. and everything. There was a a, a video. Uh, Sane retweeted it that had Wiseman, and it showed him working on his on his shot. Yes, three like four, four days ago. CBS was saying him and Draymond Green were uh, COVID positive. So it's like, are they really practicing <laughs> with their, like what is going on here? And it's it's not the bubble anymore. This is you know I think you're gonna you're gonna unfortunately see some ugly. Yeah, in this season you know it like this some of the stuff that that MLB and the NFL has dealt with. So I think you know they. I think they expanded the number of games that the two-way guys can be with the the main roster because of this. So it's a. Uh, I, I think that he is definitely a, a first-round talent, but the injuries just kind of you know, sure. let him fall. I thought for sure he was going to get drafted by somebody, and then when I saw that they signed him, I'm like, oh yeah, let's go. So, yeah, and I I, I kind of saw a story where he said the Grizzlies had actually talked to him before, and that they 
had kind of made kind of a solid promise to him that that's the team that he wanted. He wanted to be here in Memphis, and I, I was kind of excited to see that too. And I think they've expanded. I think fifty of the seventy games, if I'm not mistaken, that the two way guys can be up. So I definitely expect Tilly to be a guy that we're going to see uh, w- w- up with the big club a, a-, a lot this year. And-, and again, he's a guy that can step out and shoot some threes and any guy in the NBA in this day and time at that size that can step out. Uh, I think he has a role in the NBA. Yeah, I think he is a he's a really good four next to Jonas. Honestly, man, you know with with his game when he brings to the table, you don't have to worry about them tripping over each other. I think that that's going to be uh be a really interesting fit. We'll see how that goes. I know uh, coach Jenkins said the other day in his media availability that he wanted to uh run a 10-man rotation. And that's kind of, I'm like, man, who who is going to be cuz you know, you can name quite a few guys that you're certain that are going to be in the rotation. You know, the the five starters, Ja, Jaron, JV, Dylan, uh, Winslow. Great. You would think that Grayson's going to be in there. Tyus is going to be in there. Melton. And it's like, okay, when when, when you get Justice and Jaron healthy, guys that are playing right now, they're they just going to fade away completely? Like, what's going to happen? And so I, I want to get your thoughts on that, and we can – We'll jump into that in a little bit. Let, I want to start. Um, today, the Grizzlies made a move, and, and I know that you can. You messaged me. You wanted to talk about this. So let's start <laughs> off with the uh, Mario Hazonia that they cut him, and I think that you were kind of on the, the other side of the fence on that. You yeah. wanted to see what he could do. Yeah, but uh, Mario came over, of course, in the, in the Desmond Bain trade. They ended up expanding to, to add Portland to that trade. Uh, and Mario Hazonia is a guy who I've always been intrigued with. I mean, he's been in the league for – for five years, and he hasn't necessarily panned out. Uh, but I think he, you kind of look at the situation. He's been in some bad situations in Orlando and New York, some teams that were kind of going through some dysfunction. I mean, he had one year where he averaged 10 points, four rebounds, and shot 34% from three. And I'm, I'm just kind of intrigued with his size. Got his 6'8", 6'9". I think he's a better shooter. I think his career number is only like 31%. But again, he's been in some bad spots. He's super athletic. I mean, he's a high IQ basketball player. He's a good passer. I just think there's some untapped potential there. And I think if he gets in the right structure, I think think he could end up being a little bit better than what he's shown. Uh, I think it was kind of, kind of obvious from, from, from listening, talking to people over there with the organization that, that I don't think they ever intended on keeping him. So I think this was always kind of the route that we're going to go. They informed Mario, Lazonia and uh, Guterich that they didn't even want them to come to camp. So it's kind of clear that that wasn't going to happen, but man, I, I, I kind of wish they had gave him a chance, especially seeing with with Justice Winslow being out uh, for the for the first for the first month or so of the season, or something close to that, a few weeks at least, that he was a guy that that maybe could could fit in here and, and, and fill a space a little bit, just in case they made a two for one deal. I mean, the numbers weren't really there to keep him, but I, I thought maybe there's a possibility that before camp ends, there could be a two for one deal, something they'd make that would open up a roster spot. I, I just kind of wish they had gave him a chance because I'm. Kind of, I've kind of been intrigued with him as a, as a player ever since he's been in the league, and I was kind of excited that they had got him and maybe gave him a look. But, yeah, man, they waived him. Uh, they said that other teams would be interested. I think he'll get picked up pretty quickly. But, again, I kind of wish we had gave him a look. But, man, good luck to him wherever he lands. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm kind of indifferent with him. I, I've watched a little bit, you know, with him being in the different places, and I was kind of reading through, reading about him today. Um, you know, and like you said, that that one season he was, uh, you know, ten and four, and he shot thirty four percent from three. So you got to wonder if that's there. If he if he gets in, I think the right situation is, is almost everything. Not not for everybody. Some guys just have the talent, 
that, you know, they can come in and they can fit wherever. But you look at a guy, I think Kyle Lowry is a great example, man. You know, he, he yeah. struggled until he got to Toronto. And then, you know, it was the right situation for him. And then now he's flourished to, you know, arguably the, the best franchise player in the history for, for the Raptors. You know, he, he's been around, you know, was there for the championship. And so, you know, obviously I, I don't I don't believe that, you know, Mario is going to have that type of impact no, no. wherever he goes. But being that he's only 25, I wouldn't have minded. You know, like I'm, I'm okay if he stays, but I understand looking at the roster, it's like, okay, wh- where who's he going to take minutes from? Yeah. And that's, you know, it's not everybody is going to play that's on the bench, but I think with him, with him being a veteran, you know, being in the league for five years, he's going to want to be somewhere where he has at least an opportunity to earn some minutes. And I don't know that, uh, that Memphis was a place for him to do that. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, like looking at the roster number wise, numbers wise, I don't, I don't think it was, it was going to work out. But again, man, I, I just, any guy at six, eight, six died, a big wing like that. I kind of, uh, look at him as a, uh, uh, a poor man's guy. The names, I don't know what's wrong. My name, the names is like escaping me right now. Um, just signed with Atlanta. Um, uh, Gallinari. Yeah, Danilo Gallinari. Danilo Gallinari. That's kind of mm-hmm. kind of a poor man's Gallinari. It's kind of what what I envisioned for him. I think he has that that type of talent because he he's athletic. I mean, you see him, you go up and dunk on some guys. He plays hard. He's kind of fiery. I know there's been some some attitude questions about him in the past. Um, but I mean, again, man. I, again, I, I agree with you. I think the numbers wise, I don't, I don't know if it just wasn't a fit here. And, and again, and he's moving on. Uh, but and good luck to him wherever he goes. So I didn't get a chance to look anything up. But was it Carver? Is that the guy that they signed to the uh, the exhibition contract or whatever? Oh well, Jaleel Tripp is the guy they signed to Exhibit Ten. They did instead when when they waived uh, Hazonia, they did sign Ahmad Carver, who's a guy, a guard who played for the hustle last year they did bring him into camp uh so he's another camp body that they're bringing in i don't think he has any chance of making the team i think they just want to give him some experience at a guy that's been with the hustle and see what they have in him yeah so do you, do you think he'll probably he'll probably stay on the hustle roster then right yeah i think, think yeah. that's probably what it is just giving him yeah, opportunity did, to come in and get I some work in that that drop late and you messaged me that and i just didn't really man it, it's been a crazy day so i hadn't had a chance to look to see read anything about him and i and i'll be honest i've other than knowing when Josh Jackson was down there, you know, I would look at the, the stats and see what he was doing, but I, I'm not, uh, I haven't kept up with the hustle much at all. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, he, he was a pretty good player. I, I try to keep up. I go to a, try to go to a few games a year to kind of just go down there and check him out. I was kind of going down there to see Josh Jackson a couple times last year, mostly, but uh, I mean, he's a pretty good guard. I don't think he has any chance. I think they're just bringing him up again. A, a guy that can come up there and get to work in and he's point guard. So they can, he can kind of help. With, with some of that, they might want to simulate some things and have him help, help work with the guards. So I think that's kind of what we're seeing with him. I don't think they're thinking that he's going to try to going to make the roster or anything like that. Yeah, just getting him some experience. All right, man, let, let's move on from that. Let's look at uh, this first, first stretch here. Um, Sam and I were going to talk about, it. he wasn't able to make it. So I talked about it a little bit on the last show, but uh, the first 13 games the, the right now, Jaron's projected to be back around the MLK game with Phoenix so we're going to be without Jaron for the first 13 games. And and I think, you know, looking at it, it's a fairly tough schedule based off of, you know, you've got uh, San Antonio, which they're, they're healthy. You've got DeRozan and Aldridge. So that's that's a game that I think is definitely winnable. 
but uh, you know, it's not a, a guaranteed win. And then Atlanta's going to be improved this year. Brooklyn, Boston, and improved Charlotte team back to back with the Lakers. They shouldn't struggle with Cleveland. They should beat keep Cleveland with no problem. Brooklyn again, Cleveland again, back to back with Minnesota and then Philly before the MLK game. So out of those thirteen games without Jaron, what do you think the Grizzlies can do? What what do you uh where you at? Do you think that they can get out of that above five hundred? I think what's really interesting, I think those back-to-backs are, are going to be really interested and see how teams respond in those. I mean, you look at especially you see the Grizzlies, they have one with the Lakers, but they're two games at home. I mean, it, it's you you want to try to split those. I know you. It, it's tough that the Grizzlies will be probably heavy underdogs in both of them, but uh, to, to have a team in your home place back-to-back, you, you'd like to try to get one of those. So going through the schedule, I've kind of – kind of been giving the Grizzlies a split even against tough teams in those because I think that's just kind of what you want. It's kind of like a playoff series, so you're kind of preparing and focused on that team for, for several days. So I, I think it you might be more prepared than you would be normally be when they're one-off. So um, you just kind of look at the, the first 13 games. Like you said, I mean, you open up with San Antonio. That's definitely a winnable game. Um, the Hawks are improved, but I think being here at FedEx Forum, I think that's a game the Grizzlies can win as well, even though I don't think home court advantage will be – it's big as it was because some some teams not going to have fans at all. The Grizzlies going to have about thirty five hundred as of right now, uh, but I, I think those are two games the Grizzlies can win um, right off the bat. I mean, you get start off two and zero, man. You can't ask for anything better than that. Now, going that road trip, it, it, it's tough, man. Going to Brooklyn, you know what they're going to have this year uh, with, with with the with the big three there uh, at Boston. That's tough. So I think out of those first four, I think I think you'd be looking at two and two. I think if you can go two and two in those first four doing pretty well. You want to establish something on that road trip. You're at Charlotte. I think you look at that one as the one that you could possibly get out of those three. So you give them that one. You're three and two. You come home two games against the Lakers. Again, that's going to be interesting to see how they handle that. But if the Grizzlies can, can find a way to get a split, what that puts you at four and three. Cavaliers, a team you think you can win. Five and three. The Nets back at home. Uh, that's a tough one. Uh, I, I say you lose that one. Five and four at Cleveland. It's a game that you think you should win. Six and four. Uh, you split with the Timberwolves on the road. It was seven and five. Uh, and, and the 76 is coming back to defense for them. Um, and if you say you lose that one, seven and six. But I think you're seven and six and you're above 500 going into that MLBK, MLK game against Phoenix, which is going to be a much improved Phoenix team. You know, adding Chris Paul. Uh, that's going to be a tough one, but that's kind of a rivalry game. And at home, I, I think the Grizzlies have a chance. So if you're seven and six, eight and six, uh, before you get Jaron back, and think you think you'll have Justin Winslow back sometime before then, I, I think that puts you in pretty good shape. Sure, yeah, that you know it's funny you're the, the seven and six. That's where uh, my co-host Sam he was looking through and kind of the breakdown that you talked about. You guys were kind of looking at the same. I was a little more pessimistic just because of. I know like Tyus is back and I, that was a big hole. I think that, you know, Jaron going down is obviously an issue, but I think that the secondary playmaker in the bubble, when Tyus went out, man, it was when Ja was not on the floor, they just, they they didn't have it. It was awful. And so I know Tyus is going to be here. So maybe, maybe it'll look a little bit better, but you're still missing one of your best players. So I was was looking at four or five games there and you know, I, it it wouldn't surprise me if they'd done better than that. But I, I remember them starting slow last season. They'd come out of the gate 
and they'd play with anybody in the first half and then like hit a wall. Yeah. And you know, they're, they're, they were awful in the third quarter and they, you know, they finally got that figured out and won some games and, uh, strung some stuff together. So I'm hoping that maybe they get out of the blocks a little bit better this year than what they did last year. And they definitely, against some of these teams that they're playing, they're definitely going to need to get out of the blocks a little bit better. They're going to be, uh, being a whole awful early. So one of the games that's really intriguing to me in that, in that stretch, you know, Boston's kind of, you know, they, they lost Hayward. Are are they going to lean more on, you know, like are these rookies that they draft, are these guys going to be playing big minutes? So, you know, that, that's a guy Hayward that was a a high usage guy. So, you know, he he was taking a lot of shots and where, where are those going to go? Like is Tatum going to take more shots? Jalen Brown, you know, are we going to see those guys come up? And so Boston is going to look a little bit different this year than what they did last year. And obviously they're still going to be a good team. They still have Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and, and Kimba Walker, um, which I don't know when kids, if, if Kimba is going to be out the first part of the year, I know he's been having some issues with that knee. So that'll obviously make, make a difference. But uh, that one right there, I think is one that, you know, uh, when, when Sam and I were talking, we both kind of wrote that one off as a loss, but that it's a new look for them and with this quick turnaround with the season what kind of effect is that going to have on them and maybe the grizzlies can uh can go into boston and still went away but yeah i i think the uh the home court advantage is you know like you said that's not going to be something that, there's not going to be anywhere that's going to be a true home court because you're not going to have a ton of fans in there so i actually just uh secured my tickets my day to select my seats was wednesday of this week so I got in there. I had to move sections for any, for whatever reason. The my I normally set in one ten at the forum, but uh, I had to move. I'm I'm setting in the pinnacle level, and you know that's okay. I don't care. I just wanted to get in there and and watch games. And I, I know the I know the risk. I've been COVID positive, and and we've been super careful. Wow. And uh, you know it, it's just you know I I don't know. I, I waited out and I. I I work in the medical field. I know what I need to do to be careful. I'm, I'm going to wear the mask and have sanitizer with me. And, you know, with uh, everything, I, I've been talking with my rep quite a bit and everything that they're doing, all the stuff that they're, they're doing to uh, try and keep everybody safe. I feel comfortable going down there. And I know that he said that there's a lot of people that are not. And I completely understand that side of it, too. But I'm just excited for basketball. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of on the other side, side of that. I, I definitely understand. They're definitely – have great safety protocols in place, and they're going to do everything they can to keep people safe. I'm, I'm diabetic, so I'm kind of kind of still leery of going into to any significant crowd. So I kind of I'm going to set out this year and, and, and forego to next year. I know they said as long as you kept your account at 20 percent that you keep your status. I'm actually a legend season ticket holder, so I've been had season tickets for a long time, but I'm going to forego this season. But man, I definitely def, definitely going to miss being down there, man. I can't wait till we have that thing packed out again, man, and, and we can get back to, to a normal atmosphere because I mean, even it, it's NBA basketball, but it's just not quite the same. And I know the players probably kind of feel the same way that they don't have the true home court advantage, man. I, I miss that, man. You never don't, don't miss what you don't have until it's gone, man. It's, it's crazy that the last time we, we were there, man, and think on the normal circumstances that thinking, well, that, that could be the last time we could be there for a while. It's, it, it's crazy to think and look back on that now that we can't do that right now. And I definitely, definitely miss it. But, uh, it's good that they're going to be able to have some fans there. I know some places aren't going to be able to have any. So it's good even to have 3,500 in there. It's better than having none for sure. Yeah, and I know like that they've been communicating, you know, with emails, and I'm sure you've seen it too, about, you know, 
the if things change or whatever yeah. like, you don't have to worry if you secure a package you know you, you're going to be fine we're not going to charge you for games that you can't go to so i don't know it's it's a lot to play out it's going to be uh i think it's going to be a, it's going to be a roller coaster ride for sure i yeah. think there's going to be cancellations i think you're going to have players out uh contact tracing stuff it it's going to be a while i think we've kind of seen it in in with, with college football and and nfl i think we've They've kind of run into some problems here now. It was rolling around pretty smoothly, but I, I think with the NBA, I think you just got to take it, take it as it comes, man. But I think at least we're gonna they're gonna try to make it work, and I, I think they'll get through it some way somehow. But I think do think there'll be bumps along the road. Yeah, most definitely. All right, man. So we got your uh, you say seven and six on the first thirteen games. We got a seventy-two game season. What's your uh, what's your over under? What do you think the Grizzlies are gonna do this year? Full season projection. What's their win loss record? Man, it's it, it's tough to the without seeing that second half of the schedule. I think through the first, I think first half, I think the the first half of thirty seven games. I think that's what they released. I had them at nineteen and eighteen. I think through the first thirty seven. Uh, when you're looking at seventy two games, I think I think somewhere around five hundred. I, I think it, it is where this team could be potentially. Uh, again, it depends on what they. Especially depends on what they do in this first half before they get Jaron back. I think will go a long ways in determining that. But I think this is a team that is going to get better uh, as the season goes on once they get healthier. Uh, I think this is a team. This is a bunch of guys who have kind of played together for a while now. They kind of know each other. I think I, I'm a big believer in Bain. I think he's going to have a significant impact year one. I think even he could be a starter opening night at that two position. I think Dylan might end up playing a little bit more three this year. Um, I think that's definitely something to watch. Uh, but looking at flipping, I think something around 500. I'm gonna gonna go right on the line and say 36 and 36 for this team. I think that will secure them for sure a spot in that top 10 in order for them to get into play. And I think that's all you want right now because I think it, it it's gravy. I don't think anyone should go into the season and say, "Well, this is playoff or bust." I think again, as I said earlier when we first got on, I think growth is what you want to see. Even if they don't make the playoffs or or even if they didn't get in that top 10 for some reason, I think as long as you don't see a step back from Guys like Ja, Jared Jackson, uh, or, or Dylan Brooks, and guys like that, I think it's a success. Um, I, I don't think you this season should be measured on do they make the playoffs and, and what happens with that. I think you just want to see growth from the young guys and see that chemistry mature. And even on the sideline with Taylor Jenkins, I think his maturity and we, some things that we kind of questioned with him last year. Um, he said he kind of got in the lab this summer and and really over went over his, over the whole year and evaluated himself and his staff. And I think. Him growing along with these guys, I think, is what we want to see. As long as they don't take a step back in that area, I think it's a positive. But 500, I think, would be 36 and 36, I think, would be really good for what his team is and, and, and vote very well for the future. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on the, the growth thing. You know, that's this season is going to, you're going to be able to determine, okay, what do we have? Is Dylan, you know, yeah, we signed Dylan to that, the, the contract. But is he a guy that we're going to keep around? Is he going to yeah. be a part of this team moving forward? I like Dylan. I'm on the Dylan Island. I think that he is. I think that the issues that he has with his game, the you know all the crap that he gets from from this fan base, there's nothing in that that is not coachable. If whether he receives, whether he accepts the coaching or not, is going to make all the difference in the world. And you know, I, I think it's a win-win. If, if you see, as long as there's improvement you kind of learn where you're at. You know what pieces you're missing moving forward. You, you're not losing if you miss the playoffs this year. That This next draft, the first 
probably I'd say maybe 15 to 18 guys are all guys that are going to come in year one and be able to, you know, be a, a, a huge part of a team. And, and there's even a, a few guys that are going to be maybe even franchise changing players. So, you know, even if you do miss the playoffs and you get into the lottery, you can end up with a, a great piece in that draft. Um, yeah, that, that's what I want to see. I want to see where is this roster at? Okay. Is, is Grayson Allen, you know, he played well in the bubble. Is he going to be a rotation guy? Or are they moving him out? Are they packaging him with somebody to get more assets? Like what's going on with that? And so I, I, I will not be disappointed if they don't make the playoffs this year. I'm, Obviously, I'll be fine if they do. Like to play off basketball with your team is a lot more exciting than than not. But um, you know, I'm I'm not going to be disappointed if they miss the playoffs for sure. Yeah, just say, same here. I just don't think that should be the expectation. I've kind of put that caveat out there. A lot of fans might think and saw what happened last year and think they were right on the cusp because they kind of overachieved for their first year. I think more than did more than what any of us thought probably going into the season. Uh, with a lot of times people thinking this could be number one draft pick type team and, and it was not that at all and I think a lot of fans might have gotten a little bit spoiled last season and if they don't make the playoffs this year be a little bit disappointed and I I don't think that's the case but I think you kind of look around the west and the west has gotten better the west is going to be better this year than it was last year and that the Grizzlies aim this summer wasn't to put all their chips in for this season I think they're playing the long game and I think it's the right move I, I'm kind of glad to see them not see them not kind of Forced to action. I think you 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 held on to some of your assets. Now we'll see what happens to the trade deadline. You kind of got some some ammunition with with Georgia Jean's Georgia Jean signed uh, contract. You got Kyle Anderson, a couple of movable pieces. You kind of mentioned Grayson Allen. If they decided he's a piece they want to move on from, they have some ammunition to, to kind of get something done at the deadline if that's what they want to do. Because I think teams will be definitely be interested in Jean's uh, expiring contract come trade deadline time to open up some cap space, but. Uh, it, it, again, I, this the season is about growth, and I think next offseason and the offseason after that is going to be the time where this team really tries to make a move. I think this season is just about evaluating what they have, not just on the floor, but uh, as a coaching staff, I think they're growing and learning, and um, it's going to be fun to watch uh, this team kind of kind of mature. When you talk about Dylan, I think one thing about Dylan is I think he was kind of miscast. I think right now they're asking more of him than will probably be asked for him going forward once the team becomes close to a, a closer to a finished product, I think he might be a guy that can come off the bench and be that microwave score guy for you, and he might have somebody else as that score, that shooting guard, two guard, three in the starting lineup that that you don't have to depend on him so much. I think they ask a lot of him offensively, seeing the way to, with this roster makeup, and I don't think that might not necessarily be, be the case going forward. So, again, I think Dylan is a, is a part of this team going forward. I just think he was kind of miscast and asked to do a little bit more right now than he may be capable of. And, and I think that's kind of, you kind of see him forcing things at time because he's one of the, the only perimeter threats before kind of Grayson stepped up in the bubble that this team really had. So uh, I think he kind of felt the pressure of coming in there scoring points because he thinks the team needed it. Yeah. You know, he, he was the only guy or, you know, that with Bain, he, he's going to probably step up and be able to do that as well. But yeah. one of the things, one of my, like, strong backing things that like what I use to support Dylan is there's not another guy on this roster that can go and get his own shot. Dylan does get tunnel vision. Like I'm not blind to his, his, his flaws. I see what he does. You know, there was a, there's 
a spot in the bubble. Like there's a video that you see all the time where Grayson was wide open in the corner and yeah. Dylan pulls up over three guys. Yeah. Like I, I see those things. I know that he has flaws, but outside of Ja, there was there's nobody else on the team that, that's gonna really go out and get their own shot. And so now when you're getting more pieces around him that can do that, I think Dylan excelled when they were running um, like dribble handoffs with him and JV, getting him some space where he doesn't necessarily have to do it on his own. He's getting a little screen on that dribble handoff and just using, you know, using his steps to, to get the distance between him and getting a shot up. And, and in the bubble he was doing, like when they were running those DHOs, he was excelling and doing really, really well. Um, you know, they're, they're going like, they got a back to back here against the T wolves in the preseason. And, he freaking torched the T-Wolves last year. If he played everybody else the way that he played the T-Wolves <laughs> last year, this fan base would be loving him. Cause, I mean, he averaged 28 points a game, and he shot 54% from the field against the Timberwolves last year. So, I mean, he does, He has he's flashed some stuff that, that gives me hope. It's like, okay, it's in there. Can they design the – or, you know, like – can we get him in a position where he can be efficient at it and not, you know, be in a spot where he's forcing it or having to be that playmaker? It's a, uh, I, I really, I'm, I think Desmond Bain being on this roster is going to help him a ton. And I know, you know, we're putting a lot of, of weight in the rookie, but just the, you know, I, I think I told you last time when we talked about this draft, I, I studied this draft more than any draft that, that I ever have. And I just – it baffled me why Desmond Bain was so far down the board. I'm just like, why? Like, what, th this kid is everything that you want in an NBA player. And, you know, I'm just glad that he fell far enough that Memphis could, you know, make the trade and not have to give up the world to uh, to pick him up. And, and Dylan even said his butt to his media availability the other day that, that he felt like Bain is a guy that's going to help him and take some pressure off him. And I definitely think that's the case because he's a guy that can – come in and knock down some shots and, and, and make some perimeter shots for this team, which they sorely need. And another another thing about Dylan and the reason why I defend him so much is because I, I don't think when he makes these mistakes and, and, and takes these bad shots, I don't think it's from a place of selfishness. If, if you watch Dylan, he wants to win. He wants to win yeah. very badly. I mean, you can see it on his face, and he's down on himself when he makes those mistakes. I think he's just trying to make something happen because he feels like, again, like I said a minute ago, he feels like the team needs it. And I, I don't think he's just a – selfish guy that just wants to put up all these shots. I think he feels like they need him to put up uh, those shots and, and hit that, hit those threes. And sometimes he, he just kind of gets tunnel vision and, and tries to do, tries to do too much. But I think it comes from a place of just simply trying to trying his best to, to do what he thinks needs to win. And I think that's kind of the case with him. But again, I do think Desmond Bain will take some of that pressure off him because they, again, they just didn't have the guy before Grayson stepped up with what he did in the bubble that can knock down shots like that. And we hopefully Grayson can, continue that because now if, if, if Grayson can do what he did in the bubble, you got three guys that can kind of knock down shots like that and that opens things up for JV. It, it, it helps give uh, John Morant targets to pass to dri kick, dribble drive and pack, kick the ball out to the guys that can knock down shots and I think the team, the entire team will be better for it. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, when, when you got a guy with uh, the the handles that Ja has, the ability he has to get to the basket, when you have people on the team 
around him, they can knock out and knock down that outside shot. That defense is not going to collapse so much. So one of two things is going to happen. Ja is going to use his ability and his athleticism to get to the rim and finish, or they're going to collapse to one of these guys that can shoot the ball and they're, they're going to have a good look at a, at a wide open three. And so that that's a, uh, yeah, I, man, excited is not a strong enough word. <laughs> yeah, it's just not, I, I'm ready to watch what this is going to be and, and, and see the young guys. And I really, really think that there's a lot of people that don't understand what Tillman is going to bring to this team. You know, they, they just, they look at the size and they see an undersized big man, but I think that he is going to be, you know, we all knew what Ja was coming into the season last year, right? We knew like he's a number two, like he's taken over the team. We expect good things from him. And then Dylan just came in or not Dylan, Brandon came in and just exceeded expectations and was great. And I feel like this is going to be, you know, a lot of people are high on Bain. I'm, I'm included. I'm high on Bain for sure. But I think Tillman is going to be a guy that that has almost a, a Brandon effect in that I think that he's yeah. going to come in and contribute and exceed a lot of expectations for himself. So, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely a great time to be a, a Grizzlies fan and to be covering this team. So let's talk a little bit about this, uh, the T-Wolves matchup on Saturday. Um, we get the, our first look, right, because the T-Wolves, yeah. So first look at uh, the number one overall pick. It, it's are are you a fantasy basketball guy? Do you, do you play fantasy basketball? I, I don't. I don't play fantasy basketball. I'm a big uh, NFL fantasy guy. I've I've never been a big fantasy basketball guy because or baseball or anything like that. Because you have to you have to do too much. You have to change the lineup too much in different nights yeah. and stuff like that. So I've never really got into fantasy basketball. I, I played a couple times, but uh, haven't, haven't really got into it. I'm more of an NFL fantasy guy, but I'm not not opposed to it at all. It's just. It's just a lot, lot different. I've never got into how exactly how how you make it work with the different nights and, and teams playing this night and teams not playing that night and how all that works. Yeah, it, it's a lot, man. I, I stopped playing uh, baseball because it was just a grind. Yeah, it, 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 it is. Know, I, I do this stuff to to have fun, and and baseball is a job. One hundred and sixty two yeah. games is just too much. So enough doing it once a week with NFL, man. Having to do it yeah. stuff every night, man. It, it, it gets crazy. The waiver wire and moving guys around it, it does get tough with baseball i played baseball a few years and it, it, it is a it's a job in itself for sure yeah oh yeah it, it was just crazy to me i was asking if you were a fantasy basketball guy i did i asked that to lead up i, I done uh my first fantasy draft we done a long draft because some of the guys in the league are from australia so we would we had four hours to pick like when you were <laughs> on the clock you had four hours well, and anthony edwards the number one overall pick in the draft he didn't get drafted. It's a, a fourteen-team league. He was the last player in the draft to to get picked. The the very last pick of the draft, the guy took him. And I was trying to remember the last time that that happened with a number one overall pick. And the the, the one that comes to mind was uh, Anthony Bennett. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I think that people have soured on this kid really quick. So. You know, I, I don't wish anything bad on anybody. I, I wish him success, but he sure uh, he he's had some bonehead stuff to say in, in interviews, and it just kind of blows my mind that you know I'm. I would like to see the teams, or I would I would like to think that teams have somebody around to, to help these guys out because because some, you know, like 
some some of these kids get exposure in high school, so they're dealing with it early, and, and some don't. And I think that he's just one that just doesn't have anybody in his corner to kind of help guide him in the right direction whenever it's like, you know, you can think those things, but is it really okay to say those things? So it's a, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to bring to the table. I, I've, I've said bust right off the bat, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. What, what do you think? Uh, what do you think the odds are the Grizzlies win this first uh, preseason game? Um, it, it, it's hard, hard to know what to expect. It, it, it's so crazy right now. We've, on this quick turnaround, and, and you're on the road. Um, I definitely think the Grizz will win one of the two. I don't think uh, either team will win both. I, I think they'll probably split. Uh, but to, to kind of go back to Anthony Edwards, I know we talked about him at nauseum the last time I was on here. I uh, mean, he already had a narrative about him, and he since then he definitely hasn't said anything to help himself, or for sure. I think uh, me covering the, covering the Tigers, I was there uh, on Press Road when they when they played against Georgia, and I watched a lot of him. He's a guy that just he, he takes plays off. He just doesn't – he doesn't make his teammates better. He doesn't seem to – he doesn't play He doesn't play defense. The only time you ever – you see any effort on defense is when he's really cooking on offense. If he's struggling, his shot's not falling, he's not playing any defense. And then offensively, he's extremely streaky. I, I agree with you. I think Anthony Bennett is a great comparison because that's what I thought going into this draft. If he went number one, I think that's exactly what we could see. I think Minnesota's going to regret – taking him there at number one. I think I would have went with Ball. Um, I, I don't love any of these guys at the top of the draft, but I think if I had number one pick and I kept it, I think I, if them for them, I think I would have went with Ball. I don't know. That was exactly the best pick. I think I don't know what I would have done if I was number one. I might have. I probably would have shopped it. I probably would have took calls to see what I could get, but I mean, Anthony Edwards, I mean, I, I just, I never saw it with him. I mean, again, he's extremely inefficient, and I think I'm right there with you. I think he's going to be a bust, and we'll see. we'll see what happens, but Force these two games, man. I'm just excited to see the Grizz get back on the floor. I think there's a lot of things you're looking at, you know, with Justice and Jaron are going to be out. So how are they going to replace them? I think if I'm Taylor Jenkins, I think I'll go with Bain at the two spot and Dylan at three here in the preseason and, and to, to to start the season. I think that's kind of the lineup I would look at. I think it's also interesting to see what they do at center. You know Jonas is going to start, but is, is Gene going to be a guy that's just going to have round until they move him or – is Xavier Tillman and Jonte Porter going to get the majority of those minutes? Again, the Ding be a guy that's just kind of kind of there until they move him. Uh, that's something that I'm going to be watching because, again, I'm high on Tillman as well. And they seem to be really high on Jonte Porter. I, I thought they might might let him go. I thought that might be kind of an avenue to where open up a roster spot is on you could kind of sneak in there. Uh, but uh, they seem to like him. They, they extended him, uh, gave, gave him a contract. So it looks like Jonte Porter is going to be around. And they seem, from everybody I talked to, they seem to be high on him over there. Uh, coming off that injury. So that's going to be – I'm excited to see him play as well. And, of course, Bain and, and where he fits in. Again, I'm really high on him, and I think he could be the opening night starter. So those are some of the things I'm going to be looking at. Of course, Ja coming into his second year. He's so tremendous last year. What can he add to his game? Uh, Dylan Brooks, can he get back on, on, on track? He kind of struggled there in the bubble. Kind of got, got, got a little bit better there toward the end. But, but to see if he can pick up to where he was early in the season before he got, got his extension. Well, will that happen? So it's going to be going to be a fun preseason. We've got four games: two against the Timberwolves, two against the Hawks. Uh, against uh, again, two teams. I think young teams with some young guys. You get to see Trey Young and Jaw twice. I mean, so it's going to be fun. And the, but those are some of the things I'm looking at: the young guys and how the center rotation plays out, and and kind of how Coach Jenkins manages not having Jaron Jackson and and, and uh, not having Jaron Jackson and uh, Justice Winslow there. How he kind of handles that situation. 
So if you had, we'll, uh, I'll ask you this one last question, let you elaborate on this a little bit, and then, then I'll let you go, man. I don't want to keep you all night. Um, the, Coach Jenkins made the comment about he wanted to go with a 10-man rotation. If you had to call it right now before the season started, who do you think is going to be that 10-man rotation? Or do you think that maybe we see enough production from some of these guys that he has more than a 10-man rotation? Man, you got to got made a point earlier about that. It's going to be interesting to see what happens when Jared and Justice come back because I think there are 12, 13 guys on this team that deserve minutes. Uh, but early in the season, I think, of course, you got Jai, point guard. I think Bain is going to get the start at shooting guard. That's my prediction. Uh, you got Dylan at small forward. Uh, at power forward, I think Kyle Anderson is going to be your starter because you, you've kind of seen Brandon Clark next to to Valentunas, and, and, and he, he just doesn't – there's not enough space for those – for him in there when he's in there with Ja. He's much better when Ja uh, JV's off the floor and he's in there uh, by himself because I, I think JV kind of clogs up the lane for him. So I, I think we'll see Kyle Anderson at power forward and, and JV at center. And, of course, you got Tyus Jones uh, backing him up at shooting guard. Uh, you got uh, Grayson Allen. Um, well, so now that's it. That's seven. Grayson Allen, I think you got – depends on what happens at center. I think Xavier Tillman's going to be that guy. Uh, the, the backup JV, I think Dean's going to be kind of a guy they just kind of have rounds that better in presence until they get ready to move him. Um, who am I leaving out? I got Grayson Allen, Tyus Jones, uh, Xavier Tillman, uh, Brandon Clark, of course, yeah. is going to be in there. BC is going to be in there. Is that nine? I'm trying to think who am I, who am I leaving out? Uh, you hadn't mentioned Melton yet. Melton, yeah. Melton is would be the 10. I think those are your 10, um, 10, 10 guys. I think Contract could be the 11 guy, the guy that's right kind of on the outside looking in. But you got to look at that, look at all those guys, and then you're going to have Justice Winslow and Jared Jackson come back, and you kind of just kind of figure out what's going to happen with some of those guys. So that's going to be interesting to watch play out because I think this team, depth wise, is probably deeper as they've ever been. Uh, I think you have guys at every position, and a lot of guys that can come in, the guys that probably won't even get minutes once those two guys come back that can really come in and play for you. This team has a lot of depth. I think that's going to be one of their strengths uh, going on later in the season that they have guys they can bring in and rotate guys in and out. I think, I think he's going to end up going higher than that, especially when, when his team's fully healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I don't know that he's going to be able to stick to a 10 man. I think there's going to be, if he sticks to 10 man, there's going to be guys that, that deserve to be on the floor. that are definitely not going to be there. And, and the Gorgie thing is, is it, it's weird, man. It's just like, so if you set him, if you're not playing him and he's not in your rotation, obviously the contract, the the expired yeah, contract the is still it's still valuable. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's still valuable. But that does it lose any if you know if he's just sitting there not playing any minutes? And, and I you know I've thought about that. I don't really know that that it does. I don't think it makes any difference whether you play him yeah, or not. I don't think so. But, but you know he's good. He deserves to be out there. Like he's definitely an NBA caliber. Like he's a solid backup center. But with the future of this team, are you going to have him out there over a guy? You know, if Tillman is out here and he's playing well, are you going to have Gorgie on the floor over Tillman? And, and I just, I don't think that's going to be the case. So got, got a lot to look forward to, man. I appreciate you taking time out of your day and coming back on with me. Um, that I, I would love it if you'd come back on throughout the season, man. We can, we can chat off and on throughout the season. I, I think we, uh, we, we play off each other pretty well. I enjoy having you on. So, Oh, man, for, for sure. And one last thing about Gorgie, it, it, he played really well. When he first came over in the trade, I mean, I was excited. I mean, he was really playing well as part of the rotation. Then 
they get in the bubble, and it just seemed like he had fell out of the rotation. It's kind of some weird things. Josh Jackson was another guy who was playing well before the shutdown, and him and Gorgie just seemed to be completely out of the rotation once they got in the bubble, barely even played. So that kind of leads me to think that he's probably going to be kind of in the same situation, especially now that you have two young guys in Tillman and Porter that you, you want to take a look at. So I, I got a feeling he's probably going to be just kind of a guy that's, that's just kind of around. He might get some spot minutes here and there and a veteran presence in the locker room. But like you said, he is a guy that's an NBA rotation player can, can stretch the floor and knock down some shots from the perimeter. Not going to do much for you on the inside, but he's definitely a rotation player. So that's going to be something to watch, but I got a feeling they kind of kind of run with those young guys behind uh, Valentunas. But again, man, enjoyed being on, man. Definitely, definitely anytime, man. Glad to be coming back on throughout the season. Love talking with you. And again, man, starting tomorrow night, man, Grizzlies yes, basketball sir. is back, man. I'm excited. Yep, for sure. All right, guys, you can find Isaac on Twitter at Isaac underscore rivals. Is that correct? I didn't mess that up. That's it. Isaac All underscore right. rivals. You got anywhere else they can find you, man? Yeah, man, just you can check out our stuff over at TigerSportsReport.com. But, you know, I'm always on Twitter. I'm talking Grizzlies, talking Tigers, man, whatever else is on my mind. Always very active on Twitter. I answer people on Twitter. I know a lot of media guys don't really respond. I probably probably respond a little bit too much at times, get myself in trouble <laughs> a little bit. But I enjoy talking with everybody, man. It, it, it's fun. I, I was concerned for your health during the election, man. I don't know oh, when you slept. Man, man you were <laughs> – I would wake up in the middle of the night and you were steady tweeting. I'm like, holy crap, he hadn't slept in like four days. What's no, going man, on? No, man. Yeah, I, I was probably up for like a week, man. I, I couldn't sleep during that time. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was nuts for sure. All right. Thanks again, man. You have a good one. Will do, man. Talk to you next time. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Special shout out to Mr. Isaac Simpson for coming on again. Going to run his Twitter handle by and give you the show stuff before we get out of here. He is at Isaac underscore rivals. The show is at Hootball Grizz. I am at DWill2111. Sam is SammyB1118. You know about our sponsors over at mybookie.ag. The promo code is Hootball. Go over there, sign up. It's easy, guys. You go to mybookie.ag, best sports book online. They got more lines, better odds than any other sports book out there. Use our promo code. Let them know we sent you. If you're looking for some Manscaped product, go over and use our promo code HOOPBALL20. That's going to get you 20% off. Free shipping. Thanks for listening. Until next time, go through. This has been a HOOPBALL presentation.